I believe with every fibre of my being that the course I have set out is the right one for our country and all our people. What has been achieved today is not Brexit. I don't believe this government has negotiated fairly or effectively. Brexit is a lose-lose situation. We have always followed the EU mandate. It is utterly unacceptable to anybody who believes in democracy. Hello and welcome to Brexit The Final Countdown, where we promise to go to the edge of the precipice for you as we catch up on all the latest happenings with Brexit. We're back at it again this week, coming to you live from Central Lobby, still being overlooked by the imposing form of Stafford Henry Northcote. We're still none the wiser who he is. Uh, joining us this week is the wonderful Sam Lister, Deputy Political Editor of the Daily Express, as Martin is off having a chemical peel or his teeth whitened or something. Um, so hello and welcome, Sam. Hello. Hello. Um, I'm, of course, Rick Hudson, so let's do this. <laughs> Okay, Sam, if we can cast our minds back, if you will, to Tuesday evening, um, where we had a series of very exciting votes on amendments. Um, and dare I say, have we actually managed to reach some consensus? Are we working towards consensus? What do you think? Well, it, it, it was a good night for Theresa May in terms of party unity for the first time in a long time. <laughs> Her MPs coalesced around one amendment which was the Graham Brady amendment and that was about alternative arrangements to this very controversial backstop plan for the Irish border. Now this is it's quite a vague plan and it's only (laughs) a step in the direction of where MPs are looking to go but for, for, for the first time in a long time Remainers and Brexiteers all gathered together in the lobby to back this amendment and yeah. so, in terms of Tory unity that night, it was quite a significant moment. Okay, so she, Theresa lives to see another day. The deal in a form lives to see another day. Um, so she managed to, yeah. So she managed to like wrestle because there was this idea, wasn't it, that kind of Parliament was going to seize control of Brexit, which was the amendments that would have seen us like delay Article Fifty to the end of the year. That if they didn't reach a deal by the end of Feb, it would you know there was all those. So we back, but was that more because? No one wanted, like, politically, it was bad to be seen to be extending Article 50 because the principle of doing that, the optics of that are bad. Or do you think that's actually because everyone's kind of quite happy with the deal so long as we can figure out, we can get ourselves out of this backstop or find an alternative to it? Like, was it just p- playing politics rather than... There's always politics yeah. in these things. It's always about different factions, who who seem to do what and and um, what happens next. What what really happened on um, Tuesday night was very significant in that the Cooper-Bowles amendment, as it became known, yeah. this amendment, which was tabled by Yvette Cooper, a very senior Labour backbencher, yeah. she's, she's very well respected um, for, for, for the way she takes a forensic approach to parliamentary affairs. Mm-hmm. And she'd worked with Nick Bowles, a Conservative MP, a former minister, who's also very well respected. Um, but obviously they were trying to thwart Brexit. They were trying to delay Brexit. <laughs> this is such an express podcast. Excellent. Great use of thwart. Well, I mean, sabotage. No, absolutely. Yeah, even worse. And, yeah. <laughs> and, re- and really what they were looking to do was secure time for a bill um, which would allow de- Brexit to be delayed by nine months. Um, there was some discussion about whether that time could be cut down to three months or even extended but really once you have a bill in place this was this amendment was only to agree to time for a bill yeah. but if that bill passed then you can amend that bill and 
all sorts of things can happen to that bill then. So it wouldn't necessarily just be about delaying Brexit for nine months. You could tag on other things. You could tag on a second referendum, say. You know, so there's all yeah. manner of um, parliamentary shenanigans right. oh, that, that could be attached to that. Oh, that I would, see. That would, we would say, sabotage Brexit. <laughs> and was that the agenda then? Do you think, like, was it not to... Because I kind of read it, but I'm an idiot, that it was just about actually buying us some time to figure this that, all out. That's and how, yeah. yeah. Their, their whole thing is they absolutely do not want a no-deal no Brexit. They uh, are fighting to the death to prevent us leaving on March the 29th without a deal in place. And so that, that was the main aim of it. Um, and it, you know, it did have quite a lot of support. But actually, what was very interesting was Jeremy Corbyn whipped his MPs to back this yeah. <laughs> backbench amendment. He ordered his Labour MPs to vote in favour of Yvette Cooper's plan to delay Brexit. But a significant number either voted yeah. against the plan yes. or abstained. So yeah. for, for if you're a, a Labour MP in the North or the Midlands mm. and your constituency have voted to leave, yeah. you, you are not if you want to keep the yeah, job. You, yeah, you know, you, you don't want to go against their wishes. Yeah. So so they they joined the Tories in the voting lobbies to roundly reject this plan. And they, they crushed it basically. Yeah. And so it's quite a it was quite a significant bout of infighting for the Labour they, Party. Is he gonna tell them off? Well, this is the other thing. Get summoned? I mean he can't <laughs> criticise people for not voting with the whip, can he? Isn't it? Wasn't it? His whole career has been voting against the there are lots of stuff. <laughs> he voted against his own Loads party five hundred times. Yeah, exactly. So it's quite a rum do if you're lecturing your backbenchers <laughs> yeah. on party discipline yeah. when you were perhaps the most rebellious <laughs> MP we've had in recent times. Yeah. Um, okay. But what's what's interesting is that there's a suggestion that he gave the Labour rebels a nod and a wink oh. that it was fine to actually go against the whip right because he knows the predicament they're in and actually some would suggest at heart he's still a eurosceptic I mean, himself yeah. so that's even more because like everyone's yeah. wearing a mark we've got like leavers dressed as remainers i mean it's exactly like a elizabethan play isn't it it is yeah a very uh, yeah a, a top class game of chess is going on here so yeah yeah okay so not doesn't win because he understands, and he and he obviously wants to. He's they're all banking on an elect on an election, so he wants to make sure that that Labour retain or gain as many seats as possible. So by people, well, going he against, says he wants an election, yeah. but in practice, nobody well, wants an election in this place. We don't. The voter is <laughs> <laughs> too tired. The the problem with an election is what would go in the Labour manifesto. Yeah. What would Jeremy Corbyn go out to the voters and say about the referendum? His Southern London, North London, perhaps mm -hmm. Islington, <laughs> yeah. Labour yeah. set. Absolutely hate Brexit and yeah. will do anything they can to stop it. Mm. But his Northern power base, yeah, they they voted for it in their droves. So he's in a real conundrum. He oh, doesn't know. He won't even say if if Labour would commit to carrying through Brexit <laughs> if there was a, a an election. Yeah. So he he says he wants an election. In reality, he does not want an election. Yeah. The DUP don't want an election no. because they fear the shift in power may... At the moment, they're the ones who are the, the kingmakers, if yeah. you will. They have power to... Uh, well, they're propping up 
Theresa May's government mm. is in, in some people's eyes. They um, were given quite a nice uh, financial deal to back yeah, up her government, really nice. her minority government. Yeah. And at the moment, they have an awful lot of influence over what happens next in the yeah. Brexit process. Theresa May is going to be speaking to DUP MPs again today. Um, they are crucial in this whole process. Mm. Now, if there's a shift at the general election of uh, slight... Um, I don't think it would be a... If we had an election tomorrow, I don't think there'd be a massive shift in um, which party has which seats. Right. But there might be enough of a shift to put the SNP in a more powerful position oh, than the God, DUP. Oh, and then it's another referendum again, right? So, so they, the DUP do not want an election. Yeah. Theresa May doesn't want an election because, again, she what, what is she going to put to the voters? She has yeah. no deal at the moment to put to voters. So, no. you know, I can't think of anybody who actually really wants this. And certainly political journalists here no, do not want an election. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of Barocca. Okay, so we're all, so we don't really want an election. Um, Oh God, my mind is blown by this. No one's being honest. No, that's like, politics for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but so Corbyn has kind of entered the fray finally because he met Theresa May did, yes. yesterday. Yeah. Um, ha- what do we know about that conversation? I cannot imagine how awkward that was. I wonder what biscuits she served. You know, there's this whole thing where she didn't give any of the trade unionists biscuits. Yeah, she gave, it's well, she of- offered Jeremy Corbyn tea and biscuits, but Jeremy Corbyn is uh, a real hardliner on sugar. Oh, is he? Yeah, he doesn't. Um, oh, he doesn't what, like eat Jane anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he thinks sugar has really terrible health implications, oh, right. so won't won't take biscuits oh, so unless forced to. Oh, so right. I, I think he wasn't being polite. I think he'll have just gone for the tea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and obviously uh, Theresa May is diabetic, so she doesn't oh, right, eat biscuits. It's so it could have been a disaster in yeah, there. Then, if yeah. been so we've been probably you know a cup of tea maybe. And but it was held in their Commons office in in Theresa May's Commons office. Yeah, so we didn't get the snap of him or Seamus Mullen skipping over the door exactly. in number 10 that was a yeah. shame wasn't it yeah we were all hoping to see them walking down the street but he knows that that would be absolutely bad optics yeah it bad would look gifts. terrible for him yeah. with yeah. his with his particularly with the momentum uh, yeah. grassroots they would absolutely Ooh. loathe to see him walking into number 10 yeah. to sit down with the conservative prime minister yeah and um, so they, they we did get a picture from uh, Press Association Stefan Russo, oh, who yeah, okay. is um, really well known around here for his top political uh, oh, so photos. He's allowed to take photos. He, he got um, he got Jeremy Corbyn and the and his chief whip Nick Brown walking through Portcullis House on the way to the meeting. Okay, um, but we didn't actually get the Any. going into the room or anything like that. Okay, um, what happened in the meeting? Jeremy Corbyn. Um, basically told Theresa May why he wants a permanent customs union yeah. uh, and she asked him quite a few technical questions about his plan <laughs> um, he's not just generally known as a details man so no. I think she was perhaps trying to you know chip away at him yeah exactly okay, okay. Um, but it, both sides said afterwards that they may well talk again um, Okay. So it wasn't a disastrous meeting. No. Um, but does he want his pause on Brexit either? So he doesn't want an election, but then does he want to be, you know, he doesn't want her to say that there's, that she's got the agreement or the ear of him for all the reasons that you've already said that they didn't even want the photo of the meeting. So this, this is trick. This is polit- politically, it's very tricky for Corbyn, right? It's very tricky. It's very tricky. Um, that th- There is some suggestion that it's, actually helpful for him to have Labour backbenchers rebelling on this because if they can help nudge a deal through yeah. 
then he doesn't have his fingerprints on it. No. But we don't leave without a deal. deal. So I think that's it's exhausting. secretly perhaps what Where we're going. senior labour types would hope would happen. Okay. And then have you seen this stuff this morning? Everyone keeps using this phrase pork barrel about how they're just going to throw money into the north to try and kind of win over the, the MPs that rebelled on Tuesday. Um, is, that, is that likely? Is that, again, that kind of is, that helps him, doesn't it? Because, well, does it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, it, it certainly would help them. Um, Helps, helps Theresa get a deal through, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And if you are a, a Labour MP who is doing a deal with the Conservatives, yeah. you, you, you need to make that deal worth it. Like a DUP style. Exactly. The DUP. Billion quid for the roads or whatever it was, it, yeah. They, they secured an awful lot of money yeah. for Northern Ireland. And so they can say, well, look, we're, we're working with the Conservatives, although they are of the right anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not so much of a leap for them, but they've managed to secure a lot of money for their constituencies and they can go into an election and say uh, we've helped to do this and we've helped to uh, provide stability for the country by securing this uh, minority government and we have secured money for our constituents so if you were a Labour MP in a leave area and what you want to be able to say is I helped to deliver Brexit yes I had to work with the Conservatives but I also secured cash for our area for our as area. well okay. and it was quite interesting yesterday I went to a meeting of the Bruges group which is a Eurosceptic oh, yes. with the, with the uh, Margaret Thatcher picture on exactly. the, those things called lectern yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, they are Love a Thatcherite it. group yeah. and they are a Eurosceptic group and they've been around a long time and as you say on the lecterns are always a photograph a very of Margaret flattering Thatcher. pic of Margaret Thatcher yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what was interesting was one of the people on the panel was mm. Graeme Stringer who right. is a Labour MP and who uh, Voted with the Conservatives the other night. Okay. Uh, he voted against the Cooper Bowles and then... He was one of the 28. Is that, so he, yeah. yeah. Okay. And he was on this panel. He he gave a, a speech from the lectern with a photograph of Margaret Thatcher on the it. The optics of this are wild, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. And you think that is a very difficult thing for a Labour MP to do. have done, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's a, from the Greater Manchester area. It, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. But he said, it's very, it really struck me, he said... It's very lonely being a Labour what? MP who is a Eurosceptic at the moment. Oh. You know, there was a lot of pressure yeah. on... Because the Corbynistas yeah. absolutely cannot bear um, any anybody who ever even speaks to the Conservatives. Yeah. So to actually vote with them... Despite the kind of overlap between, like, le- Lexit and parts... You know, the rhetoric yeah. is not that different. It's no. kind of delivered in different accents, but it's kind of similar. It's, yeah, and it's so it's, it's so strange that these little um, groupings were getting. Yeah. Um, so I think for Graham Stringer, it, you know, it was quite heartfelt. He said, you know, this is tough for us guys. <laughs> so, you oh. know, if, if they are able to secure some cash for their mm. areas, then that is a way of making yeah. it more possible for them. Okay, so a bit more cash to the Midlands and the, is it just is it basically sort of Midlands and North? Midlands it's and like North, Caroline Flint territory, yeah. I think. Okay, yeah. so we agree. So on Tuesday, we've sort of all agreed tacitly that we don't want a No Deal Brexit, and we've agreed that, like very loosely, that it's the backstop that's the problem, and we've agreed that we're going to find an alternative. We need to think of an alternative now. What are these? What alternatives are there to the backstop, Sam? <laughs> well, I've got it, notes, it, it, and I still don't understand. <laughs> I mean, really, one of the, the main problem with the backstop is that it ties the UK potentially indefinitely to the EU, but only if we didn't figure out something better. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's all right, don't you? <laughs> like, tr- like I know. We should, 
from, from the expressor's point of view, yeah, it's really not okay. I think the problem is it, it, it treats Northern Ireland differently, which is unacceptable to the DUP. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, in reality, nobody wants it to ever be used. Yeah, Europe you, don't want to use they it. They don't want to they? use it. We don't want to use it. Yeah. Nobody wants to use it. But it's there. That means it can be used. It's in it's in oh, law. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's taken us two years to get to this point mm. and we're still not clear about what's going to happen next. So who's, you know, wh- why would that not happen again in two True. years' time? True. So <laughs> then we are in backstop territory. We might not want it, but we've ended up there yeah. regardless. And then we are trapped potentially indefinitely into this arrangement and that is just not acceptable well that's rubbish then because then that's like just rule taking it's it yeah it, that is rubbish and that isn't what anyone voted for to remain or leave is it so okay so we need to find an alternative graham brady had a few ideas well he <laughs> his amendment is incredibly vague yeah and he calls for alternative arrangements which on the on the day it was floated the hard line your skeptics said it was unacceptable because it was too vague so they felt that ultimately it would be a fudge right. and we, we could end up back to square one. Okay. But they kind of coalesced around it overnight. Theresa May addressed the Backbench 1922 committee. Yeah. She gave very assurances about um, why she thought this was uh, a workable solution okay. and, and how it actually, I think more than being an actual workable solution, it's, it's more, it's a political um, mandate to go back to Brussels because you know, they keep saying like we know what you don't want but yeah. well we don't actually know, know anything whereas now at least yeah. they've got a vague idea about yeah. what we yeah fine exactly. so she can go back with that yeah. we can talk about that in a bit yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay so he, so I've just got because I was like seeing about what the potential alternatives could be I mean one of them is staying in a in a or the customs union isn't it because that removes the need for a backstop it removes the need for a backstop but it's completely unacceptable long term to, to to anybody who voted for Brexit. <laughs> um, a customs union prevents you from striking trade deals. And yeah. Theresa May has made clear again this week that she intends for the country to be able to have an independent trade policy yeah. okay. in the future. So the customs union is fine temporarily, yeah. but it cannot be the long-term solution. And then it, do, it does the same argument apply to staying in the single market because that also removes the need for a backstop, right? The single market is just a no-no. It, it, it can't happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh. I mean, that, that would be a soft Brexit. A soft Brexit. But maybe, it, it would be unacceptable to mostly voters. Do you think? That, yeah. Oh, grief. And to, certainly to most Eurosceptics in the Conservative Party. There are some who um, are happier with a softer Brexit, but on the whole, the Conservative Party would be very upset if we left the European <laughs> Union but remained in the single market. Yeah. What is it called? Brino. It would be a, yeah, little, it would exactly. be a little fudgy even for us. Yeah. Okay, so the other idea that Philip Hammond had was, was using blockchain technology on the border. Technology doesn't exist. The te- technology that doesn't exist. This has been the problem all along. A lot we don't of the, have any alternatives, do we? Yeah, a lot of the kind of solutions that are put forward are for um, technological solutions. But the yeah. technology doesn't exist at the moment. No. And so that's fine. But in reality, we need something that's quite concrete now. Yeah, rather than yeah a magic a magic computer program that <laughs> solves i mean and also brexiteers are always very skeptical of anything that philip hammond says they see yeah. him as the 
uh, Ramona in chief, if Ramona you will. In chief. And so, did David, did David Davis say something mad about technology, though? Didn't he once have the idea about? Oh yeah, I mean the maps, like reading, yeah, I don't know, license the, the, plates the Max in the sky plan, uh, yeah. which was um, all technology based. So technology is not uh, a no-no. I mean, technology is the way forward <laughs> as far as the Brexiteers are concerned. Yeah, but it's um, yeah, you need because because it doesn't exist at this moment. That's why we need. Yeah, we probably need to know it can exist yeah. before we. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good grief! Well, done. well, well. Yeah, the vaguest thing we've ever heard. So, fine. So we want an alternative, but six minutes after that vote passed, we were told pretty <laughs> like by Tusk's spokesperson that the backstop is part of the withdrawal agreement, and the withdrawal agreement is not open for renegotiation. So, we've all agreed we want to renegotiate, but the people that we're negotiating with are, are telling us there's nothing to negotiate. So, what earth have we done? Well, it's interesting because. Ultimately, that's the Brussels negotiating strategy. Yeah. And this is a game of chicken who blinks first. Yes. Now, there's 27 of them and there's one of us. So, you know, they do have more might. And they have remained pretty united over this whole process. Yeah, okay. But now we are getting to the final stages. The cracks are starting to appear. And Poland are... The Polish foreign minister. I mean, yeah, yeah, and the prime minister. <laughs> okay. They, they, over the last week, they have made repeated interventions suggesting that we need to find a way, a more creative way, I think they put it, to solve this deadlock. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's, not good. it's not good for Poland. It's not good for Germany. You know, you have to remember in all this, I think there's sometimes this um, perception that if the EU say something, then that is the word mm. of God. That isn't the case. They <laughs> are the case. in a negotiation. They're, yeah. they're playing their hand. And, you know, their position could have moved by tomorrow. It's, you know, in any game of negotiation, yeah. you don't um, reveal your hand at the but beginning. But haven't they started slow? Like, they kind of haven't sped up their prep for no deal, have they? And, you know, like... M- they haven't shed. Like I've just got here that the next, um, like our next meeting with them isn't until the 21st of March, which is obviously pretty close to when we'll be leaving. So, like, it could be a game of chicken, but it's worse for us than it is for them, isn't it? And that that meeting is a meeting of the European Council. So that's right. all the uh, EU leaders getting together. And, and that, are we at that? Uh, we are at that. Excellent we we remain part of that until we leave until we on leave, the 29th. Right. So, um, <laughs> so one. in theory, that's our last one. Yeah. Um, now, what's um, interesting is that in theory that meeting could be a point to sign off a new deal okay but obviously if that happens on that meeting we've still only we've got a few days literally a few no days time. yeah before we actually leave yeah so it really is pushing it right to the wire now before that may will most likely go over to brussels in the coming days to have um one-to-one meetings with john called juncker or um Donald Tusk, etc. Yeah. Um, she's likely to meet other European leaders at various different points before that. So that's not the first time when there'll be any face-to-face discussions with the EU. Okay, but it's the it's the last point before our scheduled departure date where anything else can be signed off. So it really is a very kind of high wire game now. Yeah. Now the thing is for. Um, Theresa May. In fact, Angela Merkel, apparently she has said that she feels that everybody needs to stare into the abyss. Yeah, I read so, this. <laughs> but I think we have been for two yeah. years. But the EU are known for doing this. They are known for pushing it right to the wire. They, they want everybody to really feel the pain. And that's when you get to everybody's final position. Right. 
and that's when you know red lines are. But have they ever up. caved? Is there any? I mean, I don't know anything about this. Like, is there a, is there an example of where the EU the EU were pushed to the abyss and then they caved and cons- and made a generous concession to someone trying to leave the bloc or in fact in any? There's, I mean, there's never been a, exactly, a yeah. case of, of anybody man- trying yeah. to leave. So we. we we are in uncharted territories we've never been in this position before so we just don't know we but, don't know how yeah. far they're willing to push it but when have they ever been like oh do you know what it's nearly midnight we've got to make it like we just want to go to bed let we have what you want like they, they don't do well, they? what's interesting is it is a it's a transactional thing isn't it yeah. so if we go to brussels and say we want the withdrawal agreement reopened yeah what then goes on the table? We're asking for something. Yeah, what do we give them? We have to give them something. What do you think? What would that be? Well, there's a um, question about fishing rights. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is a, it's a, big a really deal. huge yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah. It's a really huge issue. And that was all signed off in this agreement. Right. If we go back to the negotiating table, then that, suddenly that becomes back in play. Yeah, but the, the fishing lobby will lose their minds. Exactly. I mean, they've, exactly. they've been campaigning for this for, for 30 years. Yeah. Really, so she can't. We can't give them the fish. But we have to give them something. Oh, good grief. You would imagine, because why would they otherwise, yeah. you know. Oh, so Lord. this is a very um, tricky point. It is, isn't it? I'm trying to think of a diplomatic way of putting it. <laughs> no, um, just... <laughs> yeah, we're in, we're in very um, high stakes this poker is. game territory. Yeah. So, but Theresa May, you know, God I mean, she's her. not known for being a, a, a top negotiator. No, <laughs> but then you think about how she's actually managed to survive to this point yeah and it's quite um remarkable really because when when she'd lost the election in 2017 nobody would have predicted she'd still be still going here now yeah and then to lose to lose her meaningful vote on her Brexit yeah, deal, and, then to, and, and yet then, she's still here. So. And to encourage people to vote against her, I mean, vote against the deal that she spent two years yeah. doing. I mean, it's bizarre that yeah. this is where we are, but that yeah. she's still going. It's, so she doesn't, on the face of it, look like a tough negotiator, no. but she does have staying power and she the is... The sense of duty is, yeah. is probably the only th- is to be admired. Yeah. Like, the, the, she, yeah, she... She could have just quit and become a consultant for a bank, but she's still going, or maybe not, actually. <laughs> um, okay, so we spoke about this just briefly, but Jeremy Hunt this morning suggested that maybe a technical extension of Article 50 could be where we end up, because otherwise we are slight, we're hurtling towards no deal, aren't we? But this is... This in, is um, on this the is surface. Quite a, we've that was a big two, deal. We've had two significant announcements this morning. One was Jeremy Hunt um, suggesting about this t- technical extension, and the other was um, Andrea Ledson in the Commons suggesting that recess in February is likely to be I think that's, Yeah, I think I saw that that's gone. Yeah. So that's your, that's your yeah. Well, she's put over them on Sam. notice that. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. Were you going skiing or something? Sadly not. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. I'm, I'm here. I'm always here. So this is really all gearing up now to the fact that we are running out of time with a lot of legislation to get through. And even if we had a deal in place in the fortnight's time, which is when the next vote is... We'd, we'd still have a very short amount of time to get all the laws through that we need to get through. So Jeremy Hunt this morning suggested a, a slight extension of just a few weeks, yeah. but that is going to go down really badly. Andrea Ledson suggested something similar last week, so this is obviously where the government is now thinking. It's going. They've sent out two people to data. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But a few weeks, I mean, yeah, a few And weeks. also, we, we have to ask Brussels for an extension yeah. and but they they'll have love to agree that, though, to it because they, I know we're all about the abyss but they're not they would rather they, they want to avoid no, like 
when they just let us have it? I don't know, actually. Not coming from an informed place at all. It's just my gut instinct. It depends how tough they want to be yeah. at this end game. You yeah. know, that they might want to say, well, look, the deal is on the table. You take it or you leave it. And yeah. we're not extending your... But they aren't ramping up their no-deal prep, which makes me think that they... To, like, do you know, like, if they were suddenly then spending loads of money on trains and trucks and, I don't know, fish, but they're not, does that not suggest... Or, do you, or am I being an idiot? Well, it's... I guess there's still time for them to dial up Yeah, it, the, yeah. the, the no-deal side of it is... Um, certainly would have a bigger impact on Europe, but it's not in the same intense uh, no. way that like, it would be for us at, say, Dover or... Yeah. I just keep seeing things on Twitter where it's like, maybe going without food will be good for us for a bit and going without blood <laughs> will be good for us for a bit. Like, yeah, just sort of hard, like, make us all a bit more hardy. We've, um, well, we've, we've had quite a lot of reassurance from Matt Hancock. He's... Uh, absolutely. Has he got a plane? Is that what did he? Yeah, did they're, they're hiring ferries and, <laughs> and all, all these sorts. bridges. I mean, I find yeah. actually, I'm a big fan of Matt Hanks. So I think you know there are quite a few scare stories about yeah. the level of um, shortage we, we would have on food and medicines. Yeah. I think it's all part of this um, project fear. Project fear. There you go. Um, You're very good at this. I'm, if we were playing Express Bingo, Sam, you've won. Like <laughs> house, that was great. Project fear. What would we be on? Three now. Project fear. Well, I think it's it's known now as um, Project Fear on steroids. On steroids, mm. okay. <laughs> Fab. Okay, so you've got in, you've got such clarity of thought on this. What on earth is going to happen? Well, if only I could tell you. <laughs> Theresa May doesn't even know, and that's the truth. So the the next stage in post we've got is February the fourteenth, a Valentine's Day showdown. Yeah, love it. Yeah. So no no romantic plans for anybody in this place for that day because we're all going to be here. Well, there's another series of votes, and it could be a it could be a vote on another meaningful, uh, uh, sorry, another meaningful vote on a deal. Right. Or it could be another um, motion that's amendable. So we could have like a repeat of have Tuesday. We got, so have we got time for there to be another sort of similar Cooper amendment? Yeah. I mean, okay. this could all, in theory, resurface in a fortnight's time. Right. Oh, good. So it's not killed off for good. But in reality, people will only um, really build cross-party support for something that looks like it will yeah. make some progress. And so if something's been shot down already, it's it would have to come back in some kind of More different palatable form. Way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and so maybe this language around like technical extensions or this kind of stuff becomes more yeah. important. I don't know. I mean, Jeremy Hunter was certainly trying to make it sound less scary than yeah, just a technical um, yeah, just a than technical. many Brexiteers would believe it to be. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's certainly completely unacceptable to mostly voters that we would extend yeah. beyond March 29th. We've had. Um, you know, referendum was in 2016, yeah, so we had a long time to, you know, to <laughs> sort have, this out. Do you feel like we shouldn't have just we shouldn't have triggered it as soon as we did? Um, like if we could go back two years ago, what and you could change something apart from not doing it? Of course, we would do it because it was incredible. There was a lot of pressure on Theresa May at the time. People said, "Oh, you should you shouldn't trigger Article 50 until you know what you're asking for." Yeah, but there was an intense amount of pressure to get the process underway because yeah. voters were feeling very restless we voted for this now we want to see this happening yeah and the longer you delay triggering article 50 the longer it is we remain in the eu the more money we pay right you know do we have an european parliament elections this year yeah you know when are they uh i think it's april oh my goodness we might so if, if we extended by a few weeks and it trickled into april would we then have to have everyone stand well, oh, it, 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 it raises all kinds of <laughs> 
constitutional issues. Any of it, yeah. Do we, uh, if we were to stay in for nine more months, we do we have, have to, to have yeah. more MEPs? Or there's a possibility that you could have these representatives who um, <sighs> don't get to vote in things, but do get to speak. <laughs> and, it, you know, it, there is a real um, oh, can of worms yeah. to be opened there. Okay. And so, in reality, we, we really don't want to be into that. No. Period. We no. want to be out before the next elections. So. Oh, so you think she kind of had to trigger when we did? Yeah, I think the political pressure was such that Stag- she has yeah. to just go go ahead at that time. Yeah. And, well, you know, this is the reality of politics. You just yeah. have to get on with it and we, try and make the best of yeah. of what you can. <laughs> There's never an ideal time to do things. No. So no. You, you work with what you've got at that time and, and try and find a way through. Well, That's I, what they're all here for. Yeah. 650 MPs, they're here to resolve these problems. We've got an entire civil service that's paid a lot of money yeah. to work out solutions to these problems. So, <laughs> I'm very impressed by them so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, so we convene, we reconvene here on Tuesday. Um, what are you expecting from like, the Sunday shows this weekend? Do you think we're going to see more people trotted out to start talking about technical extensions? Are we going to see like ERGs, you know, popping up? Like, what? what What's the messaging on the grid this weekend, do you think? It's very loud, isn't it? I think we've got a school party in. Um, Imagine yeah. having to study this. Don't you also feel sorry for like GCSE history students in like a few years' time? Like, oh, good grief. They will be baffled by it, won't they? Yeah. The ins and outs, this the This podcast will be a source material, I imagine, on the yeah, curriculum. Yeah, first draft of history, so... <laughs> um, I think over the, sun- yeah, over the Sunday um, programmes and the Sunday papers, it will really be... Um, whether there are any schisms now. Like, as I said we, earlier, we, we had this brief outbreak of unity in the Tory party, but will that hold? Until <laughs> for a week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, yeah. in this day and age, you know, Probably a couple not. of days is quite good going. So <laughs> so there'll be certainly um, kind of a, look, a focus on whether that unity Can we maintains. maintain it? Yeah. Okay. And uh, a look ahead at to whether um, there'll be any trip to Brussels, yeah. whether um, Europe is cracking further right that kind of thing so i think it's um yeah there's quite a lot everything to play for yeah as always yeah. sam that was really fun thank you so much for appearing on Bre- did you enjoy brexit yeah the final thank countdown? you for inviting me <laughs> i mean it was it was really all you i'm enthralled by you i could listen to you forever um maybe you'll come on and be a guest again oh i'd love to yeah did you know actually that female fronted podcasts are performing better on the itunes chart than male ones fantastic yeah isn't that great news i'm sure there are other charts available whether men are doing better <laughs> but i thought that was an encouraging one um so thank you very much and we will be here again this time next week thank you thank you very much sam thank you for listening to brexit the final countdown if you like what you heard make sure you click subscribe and if you really enjoyed it you could always leave us a review